Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Central Stadium, an iconic sporting venue. As part of a major fundraising drive, My Stadium Seat is offering you the chance to place your name or the name of someone who loves GAA on a seat at the Field of Legends. Packages from €100 Euro include seat naming plaques, certs of authenticity, online biographies and open day tickets. Show your support. Visit MyStadiumSeat.com. Sample Stadium, where every name matters. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Premier Review of Tipperary GA podcast. Tonight I'm joined by the ever-present Sean Smith from Turtles Ferrisfield and the uh, regular again, Stephen Cronin from Carrick Davins. That's how we go. All good. So lads, there's plenty to get our teeth stuck into this week. Um, the two panels have been named for the hurling and the football, but we'll stick to the hurling panel. Um, obviously the big story coming out of that is Bubbles isn't on the league panel. Um what do you think of that, lads? It seems Colin Bonner was on Tip FM there last week and said he had a bit of a knee injury, but there's people reading a bit more into it. What, what do you think the story is, Sean? Um, it's kind of, whatever the story was, it's a bit kind of strange coming out so late with any reason, excuse, like if when he announced the panel and then maybe said that day, oh, but, or what was there? It's carrying knee injury, had a game in January, didn't look right, that's it. No, but like, it was just a bit odd the way it wasn't said until a quick question was it dropped or did not dropped X, Y, and Z. Like if he's carrying the injury and he's getting treatment on a plan through tip, like other players over the years, he's probably he's not included. Or at least in the extended panel. Like there is two more spots at 36, two you have to carry, would they? You no, know, yeah, so yeah. there is room to carry one or two lads that could potentially play championships. So 
it's not unlike one of the best sticks fans I've ever seen over the years anyway, but mm. it's just strange whether it's Bonner putting a mark around going and other lads going, Bubba's going to have to work to get back in and other lads will look over their shoulders and they'll still be gone instead of him. Yeah. Stephen, Colin Bonner was on the radio and he said that he's not going to disregard someone with Bubba's ability. Um, do you think he's been honest with us or do you think he's just trying to um, Plumas to tip support? Yeah, I think uh, I agree with Sean there. It was something like that should have been addressed straight away, I think. Um, even, look, I, I think maybe if if Bubbles is not part of his plans, he should have he should have uh, spoken like he was, you know, saying he's injured, he's gone for the National League and then further on down the line, then that can we, they can cross that bridge. But not addressing it straight away brings about a bit of controversy, brings about a bit of talk and look, rightly or wrongly, controversy has followed bubbles around the place like you know is he coming back fit or is he is he interested all these accusations have been thrown at him and I just think it's 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 bubbles the wire he's one of our best hurlers if if we Tipperary can win an All-Ireland without bubbles the wire we're in a very very good place now what his personal issues are whether he's interested or not we don't know but I think um, I think uh, that could be handled better in the announcement of the panel Regarding bubbles, he, he's he's nearly got too much one shot to be just disregarded in that way, isn't he? Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But it's like if it, like literally read word for word. Bonner's in from two of them since he's not disregarding. He said he could back in, play a challenge with him, right? You no, know, so but then it, Steve said it came to, too late. Like there's rumors mm. around, there's words circling. Just not a bad start, but just media wise, yeah. that stuff doesn't look great. Like I know. I, I I think even the reward we're not disregarding them. That means we have no interest in him now. But maybe later we will. You know, like he could have said, "Look, Bob is not available to us now," and that's it. He's injured. That was the end of that. But even the warden leaving it so late and then warding it incorrectly, I feel was uh, has has created all this controversy around it now. And it's, I suppose it's not something you want as a new manager coming in. It's not, but. Um... You'd imagine if they had interest in him, they'd have him just on the panel anyway and just be working him in the SNC, try to get him recovered. But in fairness, I think Alan Tynan is in a similar boat. He's got a, a, an ankle injury he picked up there playing for, I think he's playing my LIT. And by all accounts, he'll be back in once he's fit. So it's hard to know. But w- one more inclusion on that panel as that's welcome. I don't know what you think. There's a, a mixed mixed opinion on whether, whether it's beneficial going forward. But Patrick Bonner-Maher is back. Uh, after a tired knee injury, um, Sean, he's he's an addition, isn't he? Um, still one of the fittest lads in the squad, even at his age and all the injuries he's had. Oh yeah, for sure, he's an addition. Like this kind of team at the moment, look at the panel announces it's very transitional phase. Not lads that are going to give one more lash. You could say Bonner's as fit as any of them, to be honest. You know, um, he shows some of the far line or missing over the years. Like last year, we thought my billion knees as in they got injured, so I can rule out that. You know, so. Like if Bonner is fit and good to go, I'll have him up there number 11 and half forward and there's no problem with that at all. Even some addition last year, Stephen, even just looking back at the uh, the Munster final there in the second half when the legs were gone, he'd have just dogged it in there in the half yeah, forward line and he'd yeah. have broken things up. He'd have been a great addition. Absolutely, absolutely. You need that, them kind of bodies up there. Like, Look, Shane McCallan and Jason Ford, they're going to score for us. But very few people in, in, in the whole of GA putting the same kind of shift that Bonner Mar brings uh puts in and the importance of that is is just just unbelievable it's unbelievable and look there's a pity we didn't 
we didn't have him last year, but we do now, you know. And mm. as far as anyone question whether he should be included after such an injury, that's Bonamaria. Yeah. Like he hasn't come into that injury in poor form. You know what I mean? He's he's still been brilliant. He got injured. So I, I think having him back on the panel is, is is the right call. Sean, a lot of people have this perception that if you're bringing a lad into the panel, he has to be he has to be ready to start and play 70 minutes. But even if you got 25, 30 minutes out of Bonner coming off the bench when the game is broken up and you need that bit of energy, it's he's worth the place on the panel. Oh yes, for no game of 15 now. I see like Limerick lads are bringing on bringing on five subs that are worthy of starting any match. Over like even especially last year, we needed someone to steal sort of break it up, come on. Like you can bring on these lads, they have these forwards that come on, but there's none of them that have the experience and the physicality and drive that Bonner has. He kind of even gets the crowd up and he gets the ball, you stand in your seat. It's just the way it'd be like because you're going for goal. Like he's going direct. Um like you might bring on other lads, might be sharpshooters, get loose balls, but he'll he'll do the dirty work there. And he always play, he's well able to take a score as well. Like, no, it's not just that her to the slogan. And just looking at the rest of the panel, lads, there's a few additions there. Uh Sean Connor Stakelum's on the panel. Delighted to see him there. Ah, uh, yeah, he kind of he's one of our best players there last number of seasons, and you know he's kind of there and about in the under twenty one and twenty, and got to lay a goal there blowing Limerick. So again, he's kind of coming in. He's kind of coming in maybe in a half hour and break things up again and work hard and get maybe come on and do kind of thing like Bonner again. But fair play for coming in, and you know like Bonner's giving him a chance. So it's good to see kind of four turtle cells back in around again, and hopefully can drive on from there. And Dennis is back. Do you think this is a good or a bad thing for you? He's bad. He's Hopefully he'll be all kind of fit and good to go, but it's kind of strange with Shamey as well. Like is then mm. like we two full forwards, technically speaking, like kind of like Dennis is a full forward and Shame is full forward, but again it's just giving the options like during the league, you want to play these your main lads, you know. Um like mid-April ain't far away, that's when championship is starting, and that's when you want to have lads good to go, like keep lads to the side and release them when you have to, you know, and try these lads out in the league. One man, Stephen, you've probably seen him more of than me and Sean over the years is Dylan Walsh. Um, he's become a really good player for Ballingarry. Really impressed in the Miller Shield games. Do you think he'll be a good addition to the panel? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think um, uh, the more he's in there, the more experience he gets, he'll, 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 um, he'll add to it. Definitely add to it. And uh, I think maybe the Wexford game could have been their last game before they, the, they announced the panel, the training panel going forward. And I thought he was very good at it. Scored an absolute brilliant goal there, like a little shimmy from the twenty. And a little, the best way I can describe it is a little sneaky puck. You know, he, he struck the ball without you expecting him, and it's an excellent goal. And I think he's um, I I think he's what worth his uh, place on the panel. And Sean, if you underage as there, that's exciting to see there. Connor Bow is in, Gerald O'Connor, Jar Brown. These are lads we need to be seeing fucking big, big, big performances from coming through. Let's put their yeah. hand up. Yeah, the two mine lads now, I've seen a good bit of them over the years. Um, they've blitzed those into media level and seen and that kind of level. So, and they have stepped up in the county. Um, the way they take a score and like getting them in, even doing the training conditioning, getting them in, working them, you know, like they're still, they're very young lads, you know, like there's a couple of years still in these. And when our older players start to kind of fit their way, you need these lads in there involved and knowing the setup that can slot in. And mm. Bonner's given them a go to be fair, like, and to be honest, like, half a lot of same people. I'm not expecting new things this year. It's kind of, you know, in the chapter in the pub last week, kind of, ah, if you show performance and new lads can show it, and then we start working and building on and That kind of seems like doing building in younger lads. Hmm. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll be doing a preview of the leash match next week, so we won't stay too long on this, so we'll move on. 
to the new tip jersey lads I don't know about G but I think it's an absolute belter <laughs> what do you think Sean? I, if the jersey is nice but just the shock of the sponsor is logo I don't know it's like everything so, any, people don't like change that's what it is it's, you know like if jersey had different sponsor on it didn't look right people couldn't pronounce sponsor the problem it's Pfizer I presume financial services is it? I think so, it is yeah, yeah. no it's just problem if people couldn't Pronounce the witch is the first thing, but hey, sure, if the wind is not iron, don't care what hell they're wearing, to be honest. Stephen, there's a lot made about how nice that Finch's jersey in 01 was with the sponsor on it, but there's not too much difference in the letter in there. <laughs> probably probably the very same, really, and a nice collar on it to go with. Uh, I like it. I like it. Um, I, I like it. It seems, I don't know, maybe it's just the pictures. It seems the blue is a little bit more, you know, a smidgen darker that is stronger. And then the nice white collar. I think the old, the old sponsor, I, I suppose, if you went back, if you put Finches on the jersey, people would say, ah, which is not the same as the last Finches one. Like, you know, um, I, I think it's just a matter of getting used to it. And look, if, if we win a couple of games, we love the jersey. That's it. I is there any that... word on the deal, and How much we actually got off? No. I haven't a clue. No, I haven't uh, Not in the filter. Um... Say, be, could we report in the year before we know, could it? I don't know if it's going to be anything major, if it's just a two-year deal, you know, that kind of a... Um, look, any money is welcome money, lads. Um, I'm sure they took their time with it as well, so you'd imagine they got a good deal. Um, so hopefully. Um, sure, we'll move on from that now, lads. So, Sean, you were at the Hearty Cup there last week. Um, a terrible day off at Turley CBS. Lost to Ireland, got to reach 4, 18 to 112. match was more or less over after 10 minutes. Three early goals for Ireland's goal. Oh, he's there looking and going, what? Uh, it was Thurs could have scored a goal in the first 10 seconds themselves firstly you know but then it just went downhill Thurs to back line back just got absolutely destroyed because 3-3 no score there after about 11 minutes and like every score Arsenal got was top class it was gaggling ball strategy the forwards they didn't miss the ball everything clicked it's one of these days everything clicked and, like people are saying oh Thurs were off Arsenal, everything they did right was perfect. Shane O'Brien played the game of life, you know, like, and then looking back at efforts and reading reports and seeing the team, like, Arsenal had a pick of maybe all Limerick and Clare there, like, you know, so they're pulling in from everyone. This one of the best curlers started going up and coming. Um, that Thurlis team, you know, they fought back in fairness, they didn't, they won the second half technically, they didn't, you know, they died in their boots, gave it a go and kept hurling until the very end. Like, they could have said, here, we lose by 30 points, but not it. They kept plodding on, but damaged on the first 10 minutes and there's no way back at half third. It's kind of some of Thurs' main performers that over the last few weeks that we've seen just didn't show up. Our score didn't let them show up. Our score played a sweeper. Thurs, what he is in a team clearing the ball, hits the sweeper, drives me mad. Like, yeah. Ourselves even when last six hours and you're hitting the ball, pod in like, what are they doing? Like, you know, it's just, but the backs under so much pressure. They're just clearing. They didn't even mm. care where I went, you know. Disappointments of Turles, you know, that team that they have and they could have been on the strongest in Tipper area would have said like but then when they're when you've three or four strong schools in Tip, like our school technically speaking, had the strongest school in Limerick and they have to pick off all the schools. Can you imagine if Turles had Castle mm. Temp more Nina together would you some team, you know? Yeah, you mentioned Shane O'Brien there. I think he scored two six from play, Sean. Very yeah. impressive, was he? Yeah, he's it was one of the days where everything he touched, no matter who marked him, whatever he did, his skill was phenomenal. His ball striking was just a joy to watch, actually. You know, he was, you know, watch him on the ball. One of the points he got there, everyone probably seen on Twitter yeah. there. 
you want to see a point like something like Owen Kelly would have done 20 years ago, like, you know. And sure, that's all the tips schools out. It's it's been it's probably been a lax enough couple of years on at Hearty Cup level for the tip schools, Sean. It's it's becoming a bit of a trend now. Yeah, some bit worried with the players that are coming up that maybe they're not as strong as Limerick, Cork. Is there any anything in that? I, it's a, it's probably just the, the school has been so close together as well. And like you know, you have say Torres Cash have more Nina. There's a that's not much diff area between them all. Like you know, you're pulling from a lot of the same resources there, the towns themselves. So I wouldn't read too much into, but like, our, you wouldn't want to see our school looked conditionally exceptional. Um, they looked professional outfit again. Probably money pumped in. I know Stanley College are sponsoring them and they're doing the fitness and stuff. With them, so they're probably like you know a tip at that level. That's the level they're at. Same crowd are doing it. So has school level now? School stepped up to that level again now of having S and C professional wise. No tactics. It seems to be going to step above again. And like our school are setting the level at the moment. And, so they may limit crown and senior hurling, so we've got to that level and we have to do whatever we can. Stephen, I was just thinking it's gas the two finalists in the Hardy Cup. You have Art Scholarish that would have, I think what they have four or five player players shot in the starting team and yeah. St. Joseph's Toller, the other team. And you're looking at the minor results last year and Cork beat Clare by something like forty points. It's 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 unusual to have two Clare schools then well. As such a big contingent of Clare players after being so bad at Munster Championship level last year. Yeah, yeah, it is. But as I suppose as Sean said, like if you if you like where where um Cork are probably they're obviously throwing the net all over the county, whereas whereas um when it comes to the schools, there's a smaller area. Mm. So I suppose it probably explain itself as as much as it can in that in that sense. Whereas, you know, Limerick, they're pulling a small area. A few Clare boys are on it, and the Clare team, Tulla, then they have their own little area. It makes a massive difference. Then, like as as we mentioned already in Tipperary, like from Cashel, how far is it from Cashel to like Cashel Torless? There's only what, 10, 10, 15 minutes in the difference. Fourteen minutes, like, you can do it in half. Like that. you know, like there's a lot of just just down here. There's a lot of people go to school in Carrick that that live longer, live further away from that. Yeah, so. Cashel and Torless are pulling from the same area basically and it's while it doesn't look good for our hearty cup results the last few years they are pulling from the same area so it kind of like if you were Torless and your next hearty school was Nina and Carrick Torless would be a far stronger mm. school you know what I mean far stronger hurling team then so I wouldn't be too worried about it in, in that sense yeah so the final is going to be Artful Reach and St. Joseph's Tullis, so tip interest is gone in that. Uh, we'll move on. So now, lads, the, the news broke yesterday, Stephen, that the water breaks are finally gone. Um, <laughs> this is this is great news, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, uh, first, first, I think if they were to be kept like 15 minutes before your before your break is, it's not it's not long enough. Like you know, club hurling 30 minutes aside, there's no need for a water break in the middle of it. Regardless of who does it right or wrong, or, and I just I, I'm glad to see the back of it. Now I'm saying that I'm towards the enemy hurt, so I needed the water breaks at times. But I'm glad to see the back of it, and uh, you know I've benefited from them, and I've been on the receiving end of them. You know, momentum wise, and they're not needed. They're not if you know I don't even think they're needed in uh in, in at inter county level. You know. Like if you look at the soccer, they're going 45 minutes and a half and they're not allowed to have a sub-water. Yeah. You know, so I think it's a great thing anyway. 
that's a good point he brings up, Sean. I, I think GA is probably the only sport where you consistently see water coming onto the pitch. Like, why why is that such a GA thing? Why is it needed? Surely lads are hydrated before the match and you get your, your break at half time and you rehydrate. Surely that's enough. Yeah, but a lot of, a lot of Martin's talking more. The lad running on is as good as a selector. You know, telling them word. You know, it's when you break it down, really tactical running. It's a runner, basically. And as you rule for all the word, you could rebrand the Mirishka as the runner, basically, you know, going in now, but good riddance to money. Now, we benefit now to fair get with them over the years, like against Killer Ant last quarter there. That's how the game changed in the club hurry. But we've also got Raw dead in other times. It came out after what break, junior level, and just players just kind of got last days for a minute or two, relaxing and then. The other team scored two or three goals before even noticed it. So no harm to have them gone, but they weren't a water break. Like they're a tactic break. Like, did anyone even drink water during most of the intercounty level? Like one of them I suck bit water. Like it's no it's stupid shot, but good riddance to them and hopefully getting back to normal now at least. But then the rules back to normal now is two water men per team then, isn't there? So mm. or whatever. So yeah. Right. So it'll be great, Stephen, to be back in the white heat of Monster Championship Ireland. There'll be no stoppages held for letter for thirty-five yeah. minutes. Yeah. That's it. Like, and when, when, especially when you're when you're going well or when the game is close, it goes by like that. It goes by in a flash. You know, I know for the players, they're the ones that are out there doing this. But if 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 done properly, they can get a bit of water on. You know, if it's if it's not abused by by the the water lads. But I think for us anyway, it's, it's, um, it's a great. I think for the club hurler too. I don't think the club hurler wanted it. Even though, like, obviously the pace is not the same as the county level. But when you're going watching a match, the matches at times are starting to pour and then boom, stopped again. And then you're starting again, waiting for it to pick up again. It's just, it's not as gladly, glad it's gone now. A lot of teams well were kind of using the water break when they got 12 or 13 minutes and they were four or five down, they'd slow the game down on purpose, knowing they get the water break. You know, yeah. whereas teams that head then would try to the opposite, try and drive on, water break come and kill them. No, so mm. it changed the whole game. It's like it's going to change the game completely, I think. I know a lot, a lot of lads complained they were hurling junior level and the water break had come and uh, their dugout would be down at the far end of the field, so they'd have yeah. to run down. And by yeah. the time they're down, the 30 seconds is gone and they'd be, be huffing and puffing and then they'd go back down to the other end of the field. <laughs> but, guys, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I'm delighted to see it gone anyway and it'll be good to have a completely un, unaltered uh, half a hurling for a change. Uh, moving on now, so, Stephen, it's good to have you on for this. Uh, there's more going on in the transfer centre there, the January transfer window, <laughs> as we know on Fit. And funny enough, it's not cash involved this time around. Um, we have the news coming that uh, Connor Whelan from Carrick Davins, your own club, is putting a transfer from Mullenhorn. That's a massive blow for you. So it's, it's, you're so, so hard up for numbers and just a player of his quality. It must be must be hard to take that now. Yeah, yeah. It is, it is tough going, all right. It's a big blow. Big blow on two fronts. Like, hey, he's a, he's a great hurler with with his with his best years in front of him. But the other uh, the other part of it as well, he's he's a good fella. You know, he's a real nice chap, and uh, mm. so it's hard it's hard even to be too sour and bitter about it. But but look, I suppose we can't lay it all on Connor either. Like, you know, we made our mistakes years and years ago in in with the running of the club. So. When he got to, I think it was 14 or 15, we had to amalgamate with Skeener Inky and they won another 16 south. But most of his mates that he started hurling with were kind of basically finishing up, hence why we had to amalgamate. 
And so then we had to find Hurling for him the following year when Skeen and Rinky pulled the plug on the amalgamation. Okay. And uh, to the Mullahone he went and I suppose the 15 to 20 lads he started hurling with became his mates, like, you know, they, he got close to them and in fairness to him now, I asked I asked him to meet me uh, just, uh, I'm after losing track of me days now, lads. So Tuesday night, I think it was, and sat down for two hours chatting away and he explained his side to to me, like I, I tugged on every heartstring I, <laughs> I could, like, you know what I mean, to try and talk him out of it. But he explained that to me that they're his mates, like that the under twenty one team he was playing with last couple of weeks, like they were his mates now the last five or six years and he grew close to them and as he said, he's not going out there cold to a new club just to play senior. He's just going out to play his buddy's mates and look, I suppose we don't want to see it and how would I say it? I hope at the end of next year that he might say, lads, made a mistake. I want to go back home to the Davins or any time he says it, we'll welcome him back with open arms and you know, the, we, we won't fall out with him. I've been down this road a few times now unfortunately and uh, I suppose you make you make uh, hurling there, hurling and GA. You make friends. You don't. You're not supposed to lose friends for them. So, and we won't fall out with them now going forward. And we'll just drive on with what we have now. Uh, I know that this is a good point, but his his whole family are from the Davins, and you know, with GA usually, you know, their clubs are kept together by families, and families mm. populate the teams. And I I know there's cases of in the north where there's junior B clubs and. Uh, those lads hurling there, the likes of Tossie Hamill there when he transferred to mine and you know Colin O'Reardon going to um, J.K. Brackens. But you're playing at a fairly decent level there at intermediate, so it's not like he's coming from a club where there's barely struggling to get together a junior B team. Like, Yeah, but see, that's the thing. Like, we're, I suppose our results the last couple of years wouldn't be, wouldn't, you know, do, a, I think, do the personnel justice. You know, I think we're better than our results showed, but that's the thing. He's not leaving a, a crap team and that's not why he's leaving you know he's he, he just wants to hurl with his mates like you know what I mean and I suppose like the Boris Lee game there last year the Mullahone played like a lot of his friends were playing that and you know it was a bit of a gut wrencher for him that he wasn't able to be out in the field with his friends so you know like I respect that part of it he's not leaving us because because he's not leaving us because he thinks we're, we're beneath him that's not the reason at all like yeah. you know mm-hmm. he's leaving us because he's just going out hurling with his mates and you know, like I, I'd always take a man's word, take him at his word, and that's what he told me. So, you know, I'll, uh, I'll accept it. You know, you know that kind of way. Like, I accept the. We don't want to be losing him, and I wish there was something that we could do. But unfortunately, I, I think uh, it's hard to set on hurling with the boys out there. So, we'll, um, I hope he plays well all year, but I hope he loses every single game. <laughs> I said that to him anyway, so it's not going to be a, it's not an exclusive. <laughs> From a hurling perspective, though, I assume in the last couple of years when he was coming through as an adult hurler, you'd have been planning building a team around him. Oh, oh, absolutely. There's a few lads there, slightly older, and then his brother there as well. Like, you know. Like Lee Mackey and Willie, they're they're only thirty two years of age, I think thirty two or three. So you know, there's still a couple of years left in them and Paris with them. So it, it's, I suppose, the future is not as doom and gloom as as uh, as some would would paint it. But with with Mikey and and Ray Cook and the likes and Connor Connor Mackey, Lee's brother, them coming through, we're hoping to be competitive anyway. Mm. Now this will set us back a little bit, but if you look, 
we just have to narrow the focus and try that little bit harder now going forward. So the short-term goal is to stay at intermediate level for as long as possible and try build up the underage structures again? Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose when you're, when you're talking to a younger man, like a fella at 14 years of age now would be like, would be seen as a, an ad child. Sure, he's not going to be. But at 14, he's only three, three years away from, um, from, her, from being eligible, if you get me, you know. And yeah. we'd, we'd, uh, we'd have a good, good little crop of 14-year-olds now ready to, they're going to play in 15s this year. Like we're going to keep them ourselves. We're going to play on the 15D and, and we're going to get everyone, every single one of them onto the field in, in, in our own jersey rather than amalgamate and maybe play up the grade where five of them might play so we'll go down the route. We'll develop that under under fourteen team as it is now, and hopefully now we'll we'll have most of them hurling three or four years time with us. I might stick around and try and hurl with. <laughs> you have a good few years left in your Stephen. Oh jeez, I don't know. They might be hunting me out of the park there in a few weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Hopefully you go well anyway. It's, that's a tough blow. Um, sure, we've Sean here looking, and he's he's kind of looking looking everywhere in every other direction because he's usually. <laughs> On the other end of this, taking players. What what do you think of the situation, Sean? Um, fair and Stephen there kind of said it. You know, he kind of wasn't the slate and the Moran, you know, he said he finds come back and come back, and he kind of made a valid point that he's playing hurling them lads up along, you know, and they're his family kind of speaking, you know, his hurling family. Mm. Like friendship in club level is something different. You see the same in our own club, like lads, they're all the same lads out together, you know. Um, even though they might not be in school together, but they're friends in true club and you know, it is at least he made a decision and as Stephen said, lads sat down and chat to him and it wasn't just the case of you're ain't going, you know, take off kind of way, you know. So that is good. But he's a great talent, to be honest, to see him there on R21. Like it's the size of him and he's still young for 21 again next year, like which is phenomenal. He looks like an athlete, mm. his legs, so like what could he, what he could bring to Monahone and what he could have brought it down if he stayed there, you know. So but then Stephen says the kind of things that happen up along underage that maybe that you can, might fix them going forward. That this thing might not happen again or trying to make mm. teams and just get lads playing. You know, that's all we want is lads playing and yeah. having to, I know, leave to play, but wanting to leave is the word you could say. And Stephen, even from his own perspective, I know it's a bitter pill for you to swallow, but just been playing with a club like Munhon in a county quarterfinal last year, it'll, it'll give him much more competitive hurling and it'll stand to him when it goes towards getting picked for a tip senior panel. Oh yeah, of course. He's going to be in a, a brighter spotlight at a bigger stage, like, you know, but a few of the things we spoke with, like, as I said, like, that's not his motivation. Now look, look, I, I, I'm friends with Connor. Like, I hope, I hope he makes a tip. I think he will in the coming years make a tip team and, uh, but, um, it's, it's not his motivation anyway, but, He's going to be exposed now to to the big time, you know. Dan Breen senior hurling, so it is. Uh, look, he'll, he'll he'll enjoy it. He'll, he'll relish it. And uh, as I said, <laughs> I don't I don't want him to win. <laughs> you'll, you'll, look, want, you'll want him to win when he's playing with Tip, though. Oh, of course. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I like. I, I, as I said, I love to see him make it. I think he will make it in the next couple of years, and uh, I'd be I'd be delighted when he puts on a Tip jersey again. So we'll move on, lads. Um, We've been running a poll on our social medias there the last week or so about your top five all-time hurlers for the last 60 years, which is probably most of Tip's best players in the last 60 years. So I'm going to go to Ichi, and you're going to give us the top five. You're going to give us your rationale for each of them. 
So, Sean, we're going to start with you. And they can't all be Turles Sarsfield players, by the way. Well, did that rules out from all, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, again, I'm not... I've been around too long, I haven't seen many of these, but, like, from what... From one, from one to five, so... I've read and seen, like, and lads in the club talking, like, I have Jimmy Dyle, number one, and they just... Yeah. From what... First day I walked in the club, I was his picture on the wall, like, and that's... You'd always hear about, you know, so that's just for that reason, and... What people told me over the years as well from seeing him and stuff, he was a joy to behold. I know it's a different year, a different level, and you know, how would he go now? You wonder, like, but you know, he's up there. Um, I'd have to have Park Mayor there next as well. Um, this no, this no particular order now, I'm just at a Jimmy. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, you have to give us an order. Come on now, I'd, I'd go Jimmy Dial one, on Kelly two, then I'd go, um, keep Jermon Lahon, have Connor now to slot in, so you're a place on, will he, Stephen? <laughs> um, I know Kelly like this tip there for years we'd struggled in that inter-county but he was one lad that just kept the boat going there for time you know on his own literally single-handedly like you know he he's ruthless he just he just streaked him that was you know he'd, he'd be hit out of shoulder and a dig with the hurley and look like he did nothing like you know and then oh. the man be wondering what's on there the one's handing over the bar like and I was in a Black Rock end there on Cork and some of the goals he scored there like sticking the one on top and it was against Cork was it the one yeah. he raised it and hit it within you blink you miss it you know so I give him and then I go Park number three then Justin what I've seen I've played him up along and he's always been that different bit of class and to be honest what he's shown his commitment at inter-county level and club like the minutes he's played is phenomenal like oh, getting injured or not having any major bad spells it's you not know, it's one of the modern day backs and hurling in general. Um, after that, then, like, it's a toss up after that, lads. You could pick, you could pick anyone, not anyone, but you could pick a fair few, like, are in the same, like, some lads have given us some great days, some haven't. Um, and what you've kind of seen, like, like, Larry, what Larry scored in that Ireland, like, Shane McCallan, he does get a big performance. So, again, like, they wouldn't be there, but no, they'd be up there, like, Nick English and what he's done. There as well, I'd probably have to have him in. And my last pick, I can't even remember who my last fifth pick was. I think I actually only picked four because I couldn't decide number five, to be honest. So that's my selection there. Yeah. That's a cop out. I actually don't <laughs> think I picked five. I didn't think I picked four three times in a row, actually. Couldn't work out the fifth one because I had too many lads I want. Stephen, what's your selection? Um, my selection, I suppose. I never, a club man of mine, Mick Roach, anyway, would be my number one. Yeah. From this. The stories I've heard about him and you you know what you're reading about him, but I suppose being so young, well I'm older now, but being so young and not really <laughs> happy to see like there was a comment made in Premier View last year about Mick Roach and they were saying uh, someone said I can't quite remember who said it. They said it's a cross between it's like a mixture of uh, a mashup of Ronan Marr someone else. I can't quite remember who he said. I was like, she's wow. You know, like wow, I was thinking, I was blown away and Obviously, you heard the legend before, and he's on a, the team of the century. So I'm going with Mick Roach at number one, and um, Owen Kelly from that club. There, yeah, he's number two, obviously. <laughs> Probably the greatest forward of all time, in my eyes. And uh, um, I had it down in in no particular order, but you know, pushing us for a for an order. Paulie Martin would be my number three. Um, I think we can count the number of of Poor displays maybe on one hand if you're missing two fingers. 
you know, from Polymar down the years. Like, you can nearly remember the mistake he made in the game because there were so few. And if someone who, who've seen both Hurl told me that Pawdy was Pip, after Pip and Mick Roach, I suppose I couldn't really argue with it. I think Pawdy's that good. You know, I just think he's um, phenomenal. And the next two in line, then I went for, for um, Tommy Dunn and Nicky English. And uh, I just, when I, when I, when I got to the age there where I got passionate about going to matches and watches, I, I, I loved going up to Torles watching Tumi Vara because of Tommy Dunn. I think he is just, just a fantastic player. And I think if Tommy Dunn was around now, he'd get the, not that he didn't get the credit, but he, he's, he'd be taught of more, I think, because in the 90s, there was the social media wasn't there. And, and I, just, I just think Tommy Dunn could rub shoulders with any hurler ever played the game. So Nicky English and Nicky English, like, you know, I didn't get to, I was too young when Nicky was in his pump, but I clear, I remember being out to the have and we're roaring and shouting, I'm Nicky English or I'm Pat Fox and things like that. And, you know, and it is, um, like, as much as I love Noel McGrath and Shamie Callan, I just think, I just went with that five there anyway. And uh, that'd be my one to five anyway. They're nice selections, lads, but those polls are still going on the social media. You can kind of see the, uh, Different demographics through the votes. Um, on the social Who's leading media. the poll, Linda? I'm not sure. I think a lot of the more recent lads are, are running away with it on Instagram anyway, for obvious reasons. It's a new thing. A few more old timers on Facebook are voting for the uh, <laughs> lads from the 80s and 90s and further back. But uh, we'll see We'll see what comes of it anyway, because there's been a lot of people voting and we'll probably get a fairly good survey out of that. And we'll just move on, lads. So we're just going to finish up with the under 21 hurling team of the year and we'll just go through uh, through the team and get a few comments from me on what you think so on goals we had Reese Shelley from Mike Kerkey Burris uh, cornerback fullback line Dara Butler Kiladang and Peter Melbourne from Mike Kerkey and Dara O'Brien from Mullinahone halfback line Dara Flannery from Kiladang and uh, Connor Whelan from Mullinahone or Terry Stavins I don't know centre back and Tom Ryan from Mike Kerkey midfield Jack Fallon and Martin Keogh from Mullinahone. Uh, half forward line, Conor Bowmine. Uh, centre forward, Mikey O'Shea, Mullinahone. Wing forward, AJ Willis, support draw. And full forward line, Kyle Shelley, Mike Kerkey Burris. Uh, Brian Ogo, Dwyer, Boher Lahan. And Darren Flood, Mike Kerkey. Sean, I'll start with you just with, with a few of the selections there. The Mike Kerkey obviously won the county final. Um, you couldn't really argue with the selections there. Reese Shelley, Peter Melbourne. Uh, Kyle Shelley, Jack Fallon was very good. Uh, just a very good team, and they haven't lost too many matches coming up, so you can't really argue with anyone else, can you? No, like I surprised Reese actually isn't in with Tip as a third choice goalie, honest, um, which is strange. Though he'd be in, he's puck out, sir. He put the ball in their pocket. Like, if you ask him to put the ball in the point glass middle of the field, let's say he would, might take 50 goals, but one of them are going, like, you know, he's hitting the balls to his brother or Kyle in the corner for our position, like pinging balls 100 yards, like, you know, so. Because like Kyle is there, Jack Fallon as well. So like they were the best team this year in 21. Um they may have got pipped in the end by Mullahone if Mullahone had a shooting boots on that day, but like good teams win when you know when they're not performing and that's the character in the final, you know. Probably their best player, Sean, throughout the year. He's named the corner forward, but he was sweeping from in the in the mid final onwards. Yeah, Darren. He, Darren Flood, he was yeah. excellent all year, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. A lad behind us there. Goal and they go, What's the corner forward down, down there? <laughs> he shouldn't be there at all. 
He's from one home, getting tick by a man with sweeping. Sure, he's so good at it. No, he's a natural. Mm. He's a natural sweeper. Like his hands hitting the wall on the floor. It's not. Um, he's a player that can play anywhere. To be honest, he gives Darren a job too when he do it. That's one thing about him. And like McCarthy of this team, like they're going to be coming up a senior if they keep these last together. Like, and if our start, if our goalie is good, lads, it makes some difference going on. Like, you know, yeah. Like if puck outs are crucial. Like, yeah. don't stop shopping. Puck outs, it's. Vital, yeah. And uh, Stephen, just a few of the Mullenhorn lads were, I know you're sick of talking about these lads, but <laughs> the one lad I was surprised was even under 21. We played him in the, obviously, we had that shocker in the last group match in Dan Breen, but they bet as well. But Martin Keogh, he's a big chap, isn't he, for under 21? I thought he was he was way older than that. He had a great yeah. yeah, I thought he was older than that too, because uh, our lads, our lads bet Mullenhorn in the under 21B South Final. And, in um, what was it? What year was it? Two thousand and eighteen, I think it was. And he was playing that, and he was one of their best players. So that's three years ago now. Like. Mm. But um, he's a unit. Like he's he's um, he's he's a brilliant player. I thought, and he he um he he carried Mullahan's midfield in the South final. You know, I thought um, St Mary's had two brilliant midfielders, but Martin got on top of him. You know, and. Very, he's 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 a brilliant hurler. He and he's he's strong as a horse, and I think um, Malone have a good one there now going forward. A very good one there. They have a big old team, especially with Connor coming on board as well. They're yeah, going to be. Yeah. It's going to improve from no end, obviously. Um, but the hurler of the year as well. This is obviously voted on a poll, so it wasn't us picking it. Everyone, so don't get ticked us. Um, <laughs> Jack Fallon was a hurler of the year under twenty one. I seen him against Kildangan in the county semi final. Is excellent. His, his long range point scoring was very good, Sean, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and like you might not have, like every game might not have been 100 cent by him, but solid overall. Like, like these votes go out and more likely going to be McCarthy player at the end of the day, to be honest. Yeah. You know, deserve it. They're coming, Sean, aren't they? They are, unfortunately. That's the problem. <laughs> right, we'll leave it at that. So, lads, we, we got plenty in that. Um, we're going to have an interview coming up now from Tom, Thomas Conway. He's going to do a preview of the Tip Football League is starting this weekend and they're playing they're playing Leitrim, I think. Isn't it Leitrim? Leitrim in Fortnite, yeah. Oh sorry, no, sorry, they're playing Waterford down at Fraher Field um on Sunday. Central Stadium, an iconic sporting venue. As part of a major fundraising drive, My Stadium Seat is offering you the chance to place your name or the name of someone who loves GAA on a seat at the Field of Legends. Packages from €100 Euro include seat naming plaques, certs of authenticity, online biographies and open day tickets. Show your support. Visit MyStadiumSeat.com. Central Stadium, where every name matters. Now you're very welcome along for our preview of Tips campaign in the uh, Allianz National Football League Division Four. With me uh, to preview to preview Tips campaign, I have Colin Purcell. Colin, you're very welcome along. Thanks very much, Thomas. Nice to be here. Yeah, very good. Very good to have you. I suppose we should start just to give a little bit of context. Uh, we'll look at the composition of Division Four. I have the teams here in front of me. So obviously, Tip. Sligo, Leitrim, Wexford, Waterford, Cavan, Carlow and London. Now, I think what will strike a lot of people about that on first glance is the presence of Tip and Cavan. You know, the two provincial winners from, from 2020, both a brilliant year. And now they find themselves kind of, I don't want to, I suppose I have to say, in the doldrums down in Division 4. 
you know, what are Tip's prospects? What should Tip achieve, uh, look to achieve out of this column? What do you make of it? Well, first of all, I suppose, Thomas, outside of Tip and Cavan at the moment, it probably is a who's who of Division 4 football. When I was looking at the teams in it myself, I recognised many of them from my youth of going to Tipperary football games when we were in the bottom division. Your Waterfords, your Londons, your Carlos, your Leitrims. It's a sort of a, as I said, a who's who of Division 4. I suppose, you know, to be honest with you, Tipperary's priority and, and their aim has to be to get out of Division 4. Um, and I'm sure there's four or five other teams in there that will have exactly the same priority to get out. Cavan and Tipperary obviously will be the two teams that people will look at. It's only 14 months ago that that both sides memorably won, you know, provincial titles um, November 2020. So, you know, it, it is, I suppose, a little bit of a fall from grace. But I suppose, you know, interestingly thinking about this, you know, this morning, I mean, where are Tipperary at the moment? Well, probably our, our lack of underage success in the last few years is maybe catching up on us a little bit. That's probably contributed to a, to a general drop down from Division 2 down to Division 4. There's been a number of players have, you know, for different reasons, albeit retirement or unable to commit this year, have dropped off have dropped off the panel over, over the last few months and, yeah, and in the lead-up to this what campaign. What do you make of that? What do you make of those, those drop-offs? I mean, Michael Quinlevin he's going to be a significant absence. Like, do you think, does it point to kind of a feeling maybe of, I don't want to say maybe disillusionment, disenchantment with tip football? Um, look at, like the, com- the commitment level for a club player at the moment, even to, you know, to play senior football in, in Tipperary is massive. The commitment to play inter-county football is absolutely off the scales at the moment. You know, so I think that's probably reflective of it. Maybe lads are having a look COVID has maybe refocused some people. They weren't able to live, you know, the lives that they would have wanted outside of sport for the last two years. And maybe they've thought, you know what, you know, you know, sometimes as supporters, we don't see it like that, that there's more important things than, than football or hurling. But maybe they've thought, actually, there's, there's things that, that I couldn't do during COVID. I now want to do and I can't do them if, if I'm committed 100% to, a, to an inter-county squad, whether it's in Division 1 or it's in Division 4, and that maybe ha- has contributed. I suppose, you know, you look at Brian Fox. Brian Fox has retired. Brian's given, well, I don't know, 13, 14 years commitment to the cause. You, you, you can't question that. It's probably just come to, you know, it's come to the end of a cycle for Brian. A couple mm-hmm. of other lads have dropped off as well, maybe travel, work, as I said, different commitments, different priorities in life. You know, but I suppose the the way to look at this, Thomas, is it's given other guys, you know, an opportunity from, you know, to to, to come onto the panel and and maybe, you know, strike a place and 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 start building something new again. Yeah, and and we should note Robbie Kiley is back in there. He'll be a, a significant addition to the setup. Just looking though, I mean, the McGrath Cup results uh, against Kerry. I mean. It is a little bit demoralising when you look at it, the the gulf there, but I suppose Tipper in a different place entirely now. I mean, they can't afford, you know, they're looking at different benchmarks. Um, Kerry are obviously, you know, at the very top tier of, of intercounty football, as they always are. Like, I mean, where do you see this Tip team going in the next couple of years? I mean, can they climb out of Division 4? Can they kind of, you know, resurrect the spirit that was there in 2020? Is that... Is that a viable prospect for them? Well, I, I, I think, first of all, look, tip football, you know, no more than tip hurling when we lost to Kerry a couple of weeks ago. It's, you know, losing to Kerry in, in football in January isn't going to make or break our year. 
what mm. will make or break our year might be a failure to get out of Division 4. I think the management and the players will probably be targeting, number one, get up out of Division 4, get into Division 3 football, be playing at a, a higher standard next year, and then build a bit of confidence by getting out of Division 4 during the spring. And then for early summer when Championship comes, hopefully have unearthed a few new players, have a, have a, a, a good style of football developed, and then, you know, you've got nothing to lose then when you're playing the Corks or Kerrys of this world in the championship, you know, and if you have the promotion under your belt, well, then you can look back on the year and say that we've achieved something. I suppose our worst case scenario would be not to get out of Division 4 and to struggle in the championship. And I, I, part of me would suggest that one is almost dependent on the other. I think a good league can lead to a good championship. A bad league, I would be worried about our championship prospects then. Yeah, I'm just reading through on the Irish Times here, Sean Moran's preview of uh, of Division 4, and he uses the line about Tip. He says it's an opportunity to build a panel in less stressful surrounds, and, and that kind of makes a lot of sense. What do you make of that? Yeah, and, and, and in fairness to the management, you know, uh, you know, not to be thrown out too many cliches here, Thomas, but they appear to have left no stone unturned in 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 unearthing new chal- in on in unearthing sorry new talent. There's a number of new faces that have made the cut in this year's in this year's panel. You have Kieran Cannon. He's playing his football with commercials. I think he's from Donegal. You've you've um Aina McBride in from Brackens. You've Marco Mara in from Grange Moakler. Uh, to, who I know quite well from, from the club scene down here. Mm. Obviously, you've, you've Mikey O'Shea and Martin Keogh in from Mullinahone. There's a Niall Heffernan in from Golden Kilfeekle, and there's two of the Lockmore boys, I think, in there, um, Willie Everson and Tommy Marr. And actually, w- w- what I find interesting about that as well, in fairness to the management, they haven't, you know, by, by accident or by design, I'm not sure, but they haven't solely concentrated on the bigger clubs. They, you know, they, there's a few intermediate, you know, quite a few intermediate footballers in there. There's mm. footballers in there from 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 outside of the sort of Mile Rovers, Lockmore, Clomwell Commercials, you know, Axis. And, you know, that's good to see as well. And, it, and it, I suppose it's, it's a fill-up for any club player to say, well, look, at, you know, if I'm doing well, if I'm performing well for my club, there's an opportunity maybe there to, to, to get into the county setup. You know, so I think 13 new faces in the squad, Thomas, which is, that's good. That, that, that's, that, that's positive. You know, and it's up to these boys now to, to, to grab hold of the jersey and make it theirs. Yeah, and let's let's take a look at kind of what they're up against. Obviously, first off, it's Farfield this weekend. Waterford, Effie Fitzgerald is in charge of them. I mean, he's going to have them well motivated and probably well organised. Beyond that, you know, a couple of interesting teams. We mentioned Cavan already. You've Tony McEntee there in charge of Sligo. Uh, the Patsbaland Junior on their books now. Um, That's right. Yeah. Wexford, who haven't done a lot, an awful lot in recent years. They strike me as, as and of course, Leitrim with Andy Moran at the helm. Like, you know, a lot of teams probably in a, maybe kind of a similar position to, to tip in that it will be an absolute, it'll be an attritional kind of struggle to get out of Division 4. I mean, it, it really, it will probably require more than just football. It will. And I mean, you know, often we talk about sort of a matrix of fear when we talk about hurling sometimes. I think none of the teams particularly will fear each other in Division 4. I, I was interested to see a stat during the week that in the last three times that that Tip have played Waterford in, in the National Football League, it's been two draws and sorry, it's been two defeats and a draw. So Waterford have beaten Tip twice and have drawn the third game. So, you know, whereas we might have said, you know, Waterford start off with Waterford, that's not a bad game to start with. 
you know, Waterford won't fear us coming into this. They've they've had our number. We haven't beaten them, I think, since 2008 in the National Football League. So, you know, if that just isn't, I suppose that just is an example of, of how tight this division can be. You mentioned Wexford, you know, I, I always associate Wexford with good, strong, hard football. You know, they certainly mm. wouldn't be wouldn't be fear and tip. As you said, a couple of big names down there managing Tony McEntee. Obviously, Andy Moran has come to Leitrim. You know, he's cutting his teeth in management. He's going to want to make an impact up there, probably with, a, with an eye maybe to, you know, maybe managing his, his home county, be it that Mayo or Roscommon. I'm not sure which is, which is his home county, um, but we'll say it's Mayo for, for, for this purposes. I'd, but, say, I'd say he'd agree with you there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like th- there's lots of little plots and sub-twists to this as well, Thomas, that, you know, it, it should make it a very, very interesting campaign. And, you know, Tip played Waterford in the under twenty football last year. It was it was the, the the game we won. We beat them by but by two points, um, eleven points to nine, I think it was. So, you know, there's not an awful lot of you know there wouldn't be an awful lot between Tip and Waterford in football. And I know the Waterford football club scene quite well. And you know, these boys will be hard to beat as well. They're big, strong guys. The likes of the the Nyer, Strad Valley, Rat Gormuk. You know, all foot all traditional football areas, and you know they'd relish. It playing Tipperary and, and as we know again in both codes any team that goes down to Farfield and Dungarvan windy wet soft pitch it's going to be tough it's going to be a battle as I said yeah well a lot more Castellani hurlers found that out um, absolutely just, you, touch, you touch there on, on on tip club football I want to ask you where you think that is at at the moment Balna had that great run I'm obviously a Balna man I covered most of their games um, you know, they were well beaten by Geneva Guilla in the Munster final uh, but where do you, what do you think the landscape of tip football is like at the moment? Is it as competitive as it could be? Is there a need for a bit of a, a restructure there? You know, I'm thinking with the North and, um, you know, increasing the level of club involvement there. How important do you think that is going forward? Well, look, I mean, it's very important is the very simple and straightforward answer. And it would be great to have more competitive teams, you know, particularly from North and mid Tipperary. I mean, <laughs> The three dominant teams in, 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 well, there's really two dominant teams at the moment, I suppose. That's Commercials and Lockmore. And then you'd have My mm. Rovers and JK Brackens, you know, sort of making up the, the next two. And no, no more so than you have in the Premier League in England, where you've Liverpool and Man City out ahead, of, you know, out ahead. And, you know, yeah. you go to any league around the place, you'll find there's two or three teams that are a little bit ahead of everybody. But I think the gap between the bigger teams is growing all the time, Thomas. You know, mm. you look at Commercials, you know, I look at commercials and, and Lockmore and, and they strike me as teams that would have ambitions at, at Munster Club, not to yeah. mind winning Tipperary, you know, Tipperary football. So that's that's where their eyes are on. I suppose for some of the some of this from my own club, for example, is to get back up senior football. The same with the likes of Feathert, you know, for Kilsheel and Kilcash, it's probably to get up to that next level to get in in with you know Moyle Rovers and JK Brackens and then for the likes of Ballina who who you know will be up intermediate football next year I suppose it's to get you know to get commitment and buy-in from their players that they'll give the football a good lash but you see this year with Drum and Inch for example I mean Drum and Inch to me are you know always would have been a hurling club and, and I'm sure still are very much a hurling club but when they when they were knocked out of the hurling they put their mind to the football you know, we saw what happened. They 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 overcome overcame a very fancied Grange Mokler team in, in in the final. So you know, there's plenty of good football and plenty of footballers in tip. I suppose in in some clubs, hurling obviously comes first. 
that can kind of skew things. But the development of, you know, we should always be promoting both games. It's as simple and straightforward as that. And Tipperary football will only get stronger by it being promoted and, and played, you know, in every corner of the county. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right there. Before we finish up, I, I want to ask you about the proposals passed at, Cong- or at, uh, at the GA Congress, the, the, the green proposal and obviously the red proposal as well. What do you make of those structural reforms? I mean, uh, it struck me probably as, you know, the best compromise, that, that green, uh, green proposal, as they call it. What's your opinion on it? Yeah, look, I, I'd be of the same mind to you, Thomas, to be honest with you. I think, I think it is the best proposal. I think for, you know, again, you know, to link it back to clubs as well, like every player who's starting out at the start of the year needs to feel that they have a realistic chance of winning something or at least of being, at least of being um, competitive. I think something had to change. You know, the provincial system, you know, it seems broken at this stage. You saw Kerry annihilating Cork in the Monster Football final last year. Leinster has become an absolute procession for Dublin. Now that's not Dublin's fault and it's not Kerry's fault. You know, it's up to the other, it's up to the other counties, you know, to raise standards and bring themselves up and try and meet that. But the new proposals hopefully will will I won't say eliminate, but they will cut down on the amount of mismatches maybe that we've seen in the last few years. And as I said, it gives players something to aim for, gives county management something to aim for, and, and hopefully we'll see more football more competitive and close games yeah certainly and and at least tip have outdone Kerry with their new jersey uh, the Kerry one was released today and you know <laughs> uh, it isn't the most impressive well, that's putting it mildly look Colin Colin personally it's been a pleasure uh, thanks for your insights I know you have to catch a flight now so I'll let you go um, but cheers thanks Thomas, for, thanks for joining be, us be, before, before I go if I could just maybe say yeah, we, we heard away. some very we heard we heard some very sad news this morning and the passing of of our friend uh, Anthony Shelley's mom, I yeah. believe in in, in yeah. Templemore. Um, I know Anthony very well. He he's a good friend of mine. He's a, a confident when it comes to football and hurling and many other things. I'd just like to take this opportunity, just on behalf of myself and I'm sure everyone on Premier View, just to to sympathise with Anthony and, and 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 his family and you know may his mom rest in peace. Yeah, we'd echo those sentiments. May she rest in peace, indeed. Colin Purcell, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Thomas. All the best. Bye-bye. Visit mystadiumseat.com um, But we'll leave it at that. That's all from us this week. And we'll be back next week to preview the tip and leash match in the National Hurling League. Uh, thanks for listening. Good on, please.